Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about using romance in your games? Ooh, like kissing? And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. So we're gonna get we're gonna get a little romance going on in this podcast, huh? We're gonna get a little romantic. So tonight's topic comes from Ryan Poe on G Plus. And he said Happy Jacks talked a bit about romance and games on their last episode, and Bill mentioned that it's a bit different for one shots versus campaigns. Might be something you guys want to talk about as well. Well So first of all, Happy Jacks, stay off of our shtick. <laughs> <laughs> Back right. up from one shots and campaigns right now. Uh, number two might have been there first, but whatevs. <laughs> number two, I'm gonna just I'm gonna dim the lights. I'm gonna just light mm-hmm. a few candles mm-hmm. and put on um, some low music. There, I'm gonna put on some. Uh, I'm gonna put on some jazz, mm-hmm. and uh, then we're gonna talk about romance. We're gonna talk about romance. Mm-hmm. Romance. So. <laughs> All right, Phil, so hit me with a definition for romance. Sure. So romance, a feeling of excitement and mystery associated with love. Yeah, it's a really broad description. And we can really, in terms of romance, we can go a lot of different ways with with it, right? We can talk about the love between, between two people. You know, just being an emotional thing. Uh, we can talk about physical, sexual kind of love between people. But let's be clear, here at Talking Games, we love romance and all of its many forms between any pair or group of consenting adults. Agree. So, while there is only a handful of games that formally address romance as a central theme, you can have romance in pretty much any game you want. It's always possible. In role-playing games... That usually means that you have romance happening between a PC and an NPC or between two PCs. So there are a couple of things you want to make sure of, like you want it to be consensual. So both players need to agree to the fact that they're willing to kind of play this romantic relationship and that story arc. And the way for you to do that is for you to, as a player, not as a character, guys, as a player, you need to ask the other player if they are interested in doing that with you. So you don't just have your character come on and be like, hey, baby. Like, yeah, that was, you know, that's probably the worst possible example. But, you know. No, that's exactly that's that is exactly, exactly how it goes wrong, right? Like, yes, it is. That's exactly how it goes wrong. Go on, go on. <laughs> right. So I would do something like, "Hey, Phil, I'm playing this elf rogue, and I think that she should have a relationship with your human barbarian. How would you feel about that? Would you be okay with that?" Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think that's all right. I think, I think. Corin is okay with that, um, like as a character. I mean, I don't think he's like super romantic, but I think that you know, if she pursued him, probably works a little better than if he pursued her. Yeah, and then you have a place to start, and you can play it out, and it'll be fun, and everybody's on board, and nobody's really awkward and uncomfortable. Yes, I, I, I think, 
you really hit on a point here about player to player getting that consent because otherwise this can actually be a thing that jeopardizes safety in a game. Yes, it can. And so you really want to do it just like we did it right there, which is outside of the game at a meta level, just being like, Hey, I think there's a place where this becomes a really good story. If my character pursues your character, I think that's cool. Like, I I think that's exactly how you should do it. Yeah. All right. So romance is a story element. So it get it has the same behavior as any other kind of story element. And it winds up being an arc. And we see this in so many other types of media. We see this arc being played out. So I did what I love to do. I jumped on tvtropes.com and like three hours later when I came to, I had a number of kind of familiar romantic structures. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I just, I'm going to jot a few down because these are not the complete list, but they're definite possibilities for types of romantic arcs you could have. And they even in themselves have a little bit of a progression. So there's love before first sight. Uh, And this is when uh, a person knows that they, they know something about the person they love, but they haven't met that person yet, right? Like they're just convinced that that person exists, but, but often they write it off. Like they think it's like the thing that like only like shows up in movies and fairy tales and things like that. And then there's love at first sight. And that's like when two people meet for the first time and there is like an instant connection Um, and they just they just know it. Right. Like they just they see each other and they just know. Then there's uh, just friends. That's like when two friends start to realize that there's more than just a friendship between them. And then there's like there's the will they or won't they. And that's there's an obvious attraction between these between these two people, but you don't know whether or not it's going to uh, form into a romance. And then finally, in the list that I have, uh, nothing's ever the same. Uh, And that's when the status quo is broken by some event and the lovers are past the point of returning to their original relationship status. So because romance is an arc. It means it can take the form of uh, known literary structures. So you can have the classic, which is beginning, rising action, a climax, and a denouement. Um, You can have the standard three-act structure. Sure. Tell me about that one. Why did you give me this paragraph, Phil? (laughs) I don't remember this stuff. You're the writer. I mean... I mean, Romeo and Juliet, right? Three-act structure. Right. Well, three-act structure is... is the beginning, the middle, and the end. Right, but there's usually, like, the there's a twist in the uh, in the second act. Then tell me about try-fail cycles, because that is the other uh, yeah, literary so, structure. Yeah, I, I mean, try-fail cycles are, are literally that, right? The, in terms of romance, this is where, like, uh, the romance is going to come together, but then it just doesn't quite. And then, like, it, there's another opportunity, and, like, maybe it does or doesn't. Like, there's those try-fail cycles where, you know, you keep trying to get it to happen, but maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. And kind of eventually leads up to that climax. So because Ryan used the magical words, we'll be tackling this topic tonight in our favorite way. Senda's going to talk about romance in one-shots. Yay! I'm going to talk about romance in campaigns. So also, Senda, yay! <laughs> Tell us about romance in the one shot. Yes. So in a one shot, and you are all going to be shocked to hear me say it. Time 
is a limiting factor for the romance, <gasps> just like it is for the rest of your story. So you have some yes. very specific boundaries to work within. <laughs> I'm going to fan myself off. I have the vapors. You are not going to have time for a drawn out romantic arc. So the goal in the one shot is to have the romantic climax occur in the third act of the game around the same time that the dramatic climax occurs. So how do you make that happen at your table? Magic, luck, and rig everything. So that might start with if you're putting out pregens, then you're seeding some of those romantic connections and bonds into the character background so that they're already there. And then when those characters get distributed, you are making it clear that there is a possibility for romance between those characters. And you as a GM, if you're running a one-shot because you have those pre-gen characters, this is not um, you know, something somebody's walking into and being like, hey, I think my character and your character might have a thing. It seems like an interesting story. This is a situation in which you've created those characters. And because you've created those characters, if you want that romance at your table before you push anything as a GM, you have to say, okay, guys, these two characters, I built them so that they could have a romantic relationship. Are you comfortable playing this kind of romantic story arc in this game? And honestly, if they say no, you need to be fine with that and be able to play the game without it. Just so you know, it needs to be okay for them to say no. And if they say yes, great. Off you go. So you need to be able to nudge things along in play. Part of this is in a one shot because this is because it has a story arc, just like your actual game does. You can also start them given that you have permission. You can start them a little bit in media res in terms of having a relationship. And that's part of what that building into the pregens is. But you can also then set them up into scenes where they interact and use leading questions to imply and have them create that background of how they how the relationship has already progressed from wherever it started so that you're not starting them at zero in your one shot and then trying to push them all the way into um you know a final like he's proposing or something you know it's it's basically ways to start it further along so you can accomplish the full arc in a really cool way and you need to know when you should not cut a scene because if you have two players at your table and they're playing out fantastic romance, don't jump in and be like, all right, so the next scene where we're going to fight stuff because you will kill it. Or like, hey, can you roll for that? Just don't. It's not a good time. It's like the sock on the doorknob. Like, just don't, man. <laughs> and once you kind of get that rolling then you can let the players do the work and you can encourage them and you can, you know, give them opportunities to create more of those scenes and just, you know, see where it goes because it's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's very, I mean, from a GM perspective, it is hands off. Like yes. you can set it up and then you got to, you can't mess with it. You really can't. Yeah, it's very much a, it's a player driven thing. Players got to go make this happen i mean you might be able to do a little more if you're specifically setting it up to be with an npc but honestly in a one shot i think that that's probably a lot less interesting than having a romantic relationship between two pcs 
I mean, in a campaign, it could be very interesting because it might be something that develops slowly over time as you continue to run into the same NPC a lot. But that leads us directly into, hey, Phil, how do you handle romance in campaigns? Yeah, well, in a campaign, again, is no surprise. We have time on our side. Time Time is on my my side. side. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. So we have time on our side, which means that we have a lot more opportunity to play around with this romance arc. Now, we can have a campaign set up to explore romance as a central theme, or we can have romance just kind of be an emergent storyline, something that just kind of comes up in play. The same... Rules about consent apply whether you're setting up your campaign to be about romance or it emerges during play. So remember the consent part. Now, if you are setting it up for your campaign for romance, then when you're doing your campaign framework, you can discuss how romance is going to work in your game. So, and then get it set as ground rules for all the players. First of all, you might want to ask, is this a central plot or is this the B plot to, an, you know, to your adventures? Is this campaign about romance or is it that romantic things happen during the campaign? There's a difference. Do all the characters want or get romance you know, into their storylines or are we centering this on two characters or you know, it happens when it happens? We need to, we need to establish that. Now, once that's set and you're off and running, uh, you have that extra time now to let the romantic arc play out. So we don't have to rush. We can take our time. We can turn this in from like a one night stand into more of a seduction. Um, so we can have um, we can have a lot of time where uh, the lovers get to um, get to know each other. Right? We can have a lot of scenes. We can have adventures where they get to know each other. Um, it's kind of like uh, the TV show Bones, where it was like seasons before anything ever happened between those characters. We can have two characters that are about to meet, meet other people in the course of the campaign and have them kind of have to work, you know, around those people and kind of get back together. It's it's almost like that try-fail thing. Like all of a sudden, one person's ready and the next one's like got a new girlfriend and they just can't quite get it, you know, to click at the same time. And then finally, like the stars align and everything clicks. And then uh, we can also have setbacks where everything seems to be progressing well and it looks like the two characters are going to become romantic. And then something happens, a disagreement, a conflict or something, and they actually like fall back a few steps and... I'm, I was, a, you know, in the 90s, a big fan of Friends, and uh, the writers did a really good job with Ross and Rachel. They put them on this path where really early on they looked like they were going to get together, and then it fell apart for a bunch of episodes until, like, it came back together. So you can have those, um, you can have those setbacks because you have time uh, to bring this about. Now, eventually, if they do get together you st- and you still have time left in your campaign— then there's the other half of this that you can explore. So in the first half, we talked about like how they get together and the story that that involves. Now we can kind of look at what happens when they are together. So we can look at the young love phase, right? Where everything's like a first, the first time they slayed a dragon together, the first time they outrun an Imperial cruiser together, and they can go through all those little nuances of of kind of budding romances. And those things, you know, are, are, amazingly fun that that kind of young love thing 
We can watch that relationship grow into a full commitment, like a marriage. And depending on the setting that you have, what marriage entails, etc. But typically in a society, there is some, there is a kind of permanent, semi-permanent institution where romance is kind of solidified. And so that could be, you know, a tale of two samurai. That could be... Um, Oh, that could be, that's Lady Blackbird, right? Like, that's a fantastic example. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we can see that romance kind of, you know, become mature and, you know, move to that next level. We can have setbacks that challenge the relationship. So they finally come together and then something happens like a intergalactic civil war and they wind up on opposite sides. And how do they deal with that? Dark-crossed. Right? Like, that's, you know, that's, that's really challenging. And how they're going to handle that. And then finally, they could break up. They Maybe the romance doesn't last. And in that breaking up, we can see kind of what happens. Like, how does, how do they sh how does it shake out? Do they remain friends if, they're, if it's an adventuring party? Can they, you know, can they exist in the same party together? And what changes about, uh, about the group? Now, what sometimes happens is that, especially in campaigns, tying back to one of our other episodes, this kind of ties into the significant other, uh -huh. right? Like, so, <laughs> so sometimes the significant other comes to play and there's a romance, right? And they, that couple gets to basically play their romance at the, at the table, which also then gets really tricky and awkward if they break up, as yep. Senda explained to us <laughs> on the previous episode, where it was very awkward. <laughs> Um, and yet they stayed in the same party to get to the end of the campaign together. So, yeah. So in, in campaigns, we're talking about using that time to stretch out the romantic arc. And again, we can stretch it out in the beginning leading up to their, their getting together. Or we can stretch it out uh, afterwards and what happens after they've come together. And when I start repeating myself and summing things up, we must be rapidly closing in on the end of the show. What? In record time, no less. So, Senda, how do people reach us if they want to talk to us about romance or anything else regarding what we do here on the show? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. Or you can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And once they find us in one or all of those places, Phil, what can they do? Well, you can do exactly what Ryan Poe did, which is you can tell us about what other podcasts are talking about and have <laughs> us talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you, can, uh, you can send us topics for us to do on the show. We actually never come up with our own topics. We really um, don't. Mm -hmm. No, we, in we import our topics from the <laughs> finest places around the world. Um, but we really don't. We really don't come up with any of our own topics. They're all driven by you listeners. We love it that way. Yes. Uh, so by all means, please send us your topics. We love to tackle them in a variety of ways. Our favorite of all is campaigns versus one shots. Uh, but we will always look at two points of view on a topic and we will stalk the occasional game designer if you so desire. What else can people do besides give us topics? Well, you can send us your table selfies. So next time you sit down at the table, 
to play a game with your awesome peeps, snap a selfie of you and that fantastic game at that table, post it on the social media of your choice, and hashtag it table selfie. We will see it and give it love. And because we are talking about romance in games, why don't you also tell us if there is romance happening in your game that you are table selfieing? Yes. That is awesome. We would love to see that. And if you like what we do here at Talking Games or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, we do have a patron campaign that you can support. It's at patron.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get the bonus outtakes from this show. They get the after show, which is the 15, 30, 20 some odd minutes of uh, the end of the Misdirected Mark podcast. <laughs> the God only um, knows how long. Yeah. <sighs> Whenever we hit it, you get you get to listen to that. You get to listen to any of our song parodies that Senda does, uh, any uh, freebie stuff that we design that we like to share out to the community. Get shoutouts in the uh, in the various shows, and at the four dollar or higher level, you get access to the amazing Slack room for life, the Slack channel where listeners and hosts of uh, MMP hang out and chat all through the day. Yes, indeed, a lot. So we should do some patron shoutouts. We totally should. The Tabletop Game Talk Podcast. Hey. Hey. We, thanks, guys. We, we see like what talking you're doing about there. games, we too. Like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see what you're doing. That's good. That's good advertising. Right. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> thank you, guys. Danny Lugo, thank you so much for your support. Thanks, Danny. And Wayne Rossi. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Say, Senda, if people are already backing the patron campaign or can't back the patron campaign, what can they do that helps us out tremendously? Well, you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes. So every time you leave a rating or review on iTunes, it pushes us up the list a little bit in games and hobbies, and it helps other people actually find the show. So it's kind of like telling a friend, this is an awesome show and you should listen to it, except that it tells a lot more people and you don't have to know who they are. And every time we get one, it makes me super giddy. So you should leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> and thank you so much to everyone who already has. We super appreciate them. Say, Senda, uh -huh. show me how you're going to plan your next romantic plot. Ooh. You and I are kind of like Romeo and Juliet. That I'm romantic and sweet and you're an immature loser with friends who are unreasonably violent. You and I are kind of like Castle and Kate Beckett. And that I'm a total badass with extremely good looks and you tend to say the wrong thing. In these stories we want to know, will they or won't they? But with us, I know the answer, we won't. In these stories we want to know, Will they or won't they? But with us, I know the answer. We won't. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Special thanks to the Double Clicks today for letting us use their song, Will They or Won't They, which seemed perfectly appropriate. And Dr. Brennan, and that I like dinosaurs and have a really great mind, and all you care about is murder. You and I are kind of like...
like Starbuck and Apollo In that after all this, this is going to end in an anticlimactic way You and I are kinda like Starbuck and Apollo In that after all this unresolved sexual tension and emotional investment and time and money This is going to end in an anticlimactic way It's the B-Show! It's the B-Show! Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, welcome to the B-Show. It's late for me, and I have work in the morning, uh-huh. so um, when I'm asleep uh-huh. at my desk tomorrow, Slack Room for Life, please wake me up. <laughs> we'll all know why. We'll all know why. Bloop. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's Waveform Theater presents... I can't call you Miss Philip. <laughs> We had that whole gender thing last episode. I know. Uh, Okay. You you could use um, sir. I was about to go again. (laughs) Sir Philip? No. Are you a knight? No. I mean, you're a knight in my court of misdirected markness. Ladies and gentlemen. You're right. I don't know what else you usually say. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. The 2017 Waveform Theater Waveform Theater series presents presents Phil Vecchione. Sure. That's what I'm going to do. Because I can't be like Phil. Because it's one syllable. And and because it's not even nearly as unique as Senda. Right? Like it's just, it's (laughs) like present Phil. Like there's there's no, (laughs) it just like falls short. It's just like (laughs) Phil. Full stop. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the 2017 Waveform Theater Concert Series presents Phil Vecchione. Games exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. Games, life's sweetest reward. Let it flow. It floats back to you. Waveform, soon we'll be making another run. The Waveform promises something for everyone. Set a course for adventure, your mind on a new romance. There. That was terribly appropriate. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and for all you youngins, that it. is the theme song to The Love Boat. Send of the Love Boat was a television uh-huh, series no, we already did in the 1970s. This. Yeah, we already did this. I wasn't even sitting there and you uh-huh. did that part. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> stay classy, that's San Francisco. Okay. That's, I'm good. You know, that's okay. I do actually read the notes and like Do you want me to bust you and ask in. if you know who Ron Burgundy is? Ah, uh, you... Aw, you didn't think I noticed that? Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! It's a movie called Anchorman. Damn it! That movie's from the 2000s. Shut up. <laughs> Bloop. Now we're just, now we're doing it without talking. Let's start the show. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> this visual gag is great on a podcast. It's awesome. It's awesome. You guys think it's We're going to get an any for best visual gag on a podcast. <laughs> on an audio podcast. Yes. Yes. Sweet. Bloop. Hey, Senda. Damn it. <laughs> 
You always do. This is all the other reason why we start the show with you. Because if you started, I actually can st- sit still for a second and not say anything. Are you ready? Right. No, no. But see, you just have to put a kitten. Meow. Meow. Bloop. Do you want to talk about using romance in your games? Ooh, like kissing. Yeah, like that. <laughs> bump, bump. <laughs> that might get cut. <laughs> boom, boom. Descendants leaving me all alone. It's funnier like that anyway. It was funny. Meow. Meow. Bloop. Give me with the definition. Do it again. Wasn't your college nickname Rising Big Bad Action? Just calling that one back. <laughs> Why, yes. Yes, it was. I think you forgot about that. <laughs> I, I kind of did. <laughs> I didn't. Will they or won't they? But with us, I know the answer. We won't. <laughs> So, um, so My Ryan is full of weapons and your whole damn family is crazy. Okay. Which one was that? Which couple? I don't, I think it's Buffy and. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember. It's like you and I kind of like, yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, no, this is it's still fun. not as satisfying to sing as Sansa and Joffrey. And that I have a lovely dress on, and you should shut up. It's <laughs> my favorite. Yes. Sorry. Carry on. Bloop. Climax. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, I knew. I knew it was going to be trouble. I knew it was going to be trouble putting this on the B roll. Oh man. You did this intentionally. Bloop. What just happened? Show me what you got. 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 Have fun editing that. You didn't. You did. That was really quick. Mm, That was super quick. That's like we should probably we we should that's that sets like a land speed record. We should probably stay on the mics for a few seconds and just keep talking. It's a good. That was a good game we all played together. It was a good game. I really liked Chris's snargle a lot. Bloop. Hey, we'll just have like a little interview. Have you had uh, in-game romances before? Oh, I thought you were going to say, have you met Ted? <laughs> I was going to say, no, I haven't met Ted. <laughs> Bloop. Have you had in-game romances before? Like at my table or playing oh, yeah. other games? Yeah. No, at your table. Yeah, at my table, um, a little bit because uh, those magical girl games usually like they 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 have the clear possibility of having a uh, a romantic interest for for the leader of the of the sailor scouts, for lack of a better term. Sure. Um, and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. That's an interesting situation because I don't have any control over the characters, so there are no pregens, right? Right, right. I mean, it's that's just, just going to happen. It either happens or it doesn't. Like, and when it happens, right. I'm like, cool. Bloop. The the most romance I had in a, um, in a campaign was I was running this D20 modern, um, campaign in the late '90s, early 2000s, early 2000s. I was running this D20 modern. I gotta get the timing right. That's when the rules came out. I was running this um D20 modern campaign 
um, called Heist, which was uh, about this uh, crew of thieves in Vegas. Right. And was it possibly a heist game that you were running? You running a heist totally game? Was. Totally what? was a heist game. I'm so shocked. And the entry man, uh, Gabe, had um, he had come to Vegas with his girlfriend. They were from Boston. And um, she left him. She was she became a dancer and she left him and broke up with him in Vegas. And then like after he got a few like he got his like he got a couple jobs going and whatever. And then he runs into her. And um, it was a it, it, the um, Lucy was the the NPC's name and Gabe was the player character. And um, as the B plot for a huge chunk of the game was them getting back together. And um, it was done because I wasn't comfortable, nor was the player um, who played Gabe. We weren't super comfortable doing it face to face. So it was all done by email interesting like we would just we would just between games like we would just play out these scenes where where gabe and lucy were like trying to get back together um and eventually they did they eventually got back together and then um gabe got shot and developed a opiate addiction and um (laughs) and then lucy left him um and that's when the crew found him and got him cleaned up. And then Lucy came back and um, the campaign ends with Gabe and Lucy um, retiring after the big score. Like they retire and um, and she she never like she never wanted him to be a thief. So uh, he's able to hold he's able to string her along until the big score. And then they hit the big score and he's like, I'm retired. Right. But we actually played a couple of sessions like years later afterwards. And so the first thing they like the players had to do was like convince Gabe to go back on the job. Like lie to Lucy and right. Because he's like, no, I'm, I've am i got this great life and I still have a big chunk of money left from the score and whatever. And like they're like, but we need you. And he's like, well, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like the, it's like the spin doctor song. Oh. You did that intentionally. <laughs> Damn it, Sunda. Ah, Two Princes by the Spin Doctors. It's not even totally, that great of a song. You totally did that intentionally. I didn't. I, I honestly, because did. it was in the 90s, thought there was a chance you might actually know it. But... I don't know. Sing it. Oh, I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. You got to go look it up. I, I did my singing for tonight. No. get it to 47 you're gonna cut it down it's gonna come up short it's okay no it's okay there is no coming up short we told them 15 minutes you make some magic happen um is my magic supposed to make it longer uh no that's my magic (laughs) (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. i'm gonna sneeze again at least your ears won't fall off. <laughs> you know what? You honestly, instead of making that face, you could just sneeze. It's I can't okay. quite. I can't quite. Like it's like <laughs> it's like right there. It's making my it's like eyes that's like your bad sushi face. Like you've eaten bad sushi. Like you went and got gas station sushi and you're like that's what that face is like that's not like i'm about to sneeze face that's like that's like i think this tuna was in the sun face 
I mean, it's kind of a feedback loop. You you made that face. I can't, I'm actually trying to not think about it right now. Like, I mean, if a human could have a hairball, that's like what that face looked like. We're back on the hairball. <laughs> Speaking hairball. You are a delightful shade of red right now. Would you like some oxygen? I was going to blow my nose. Good luck. I put the tissue up and everything. And then he had to go say something. Do you want to push the button? Yeah, should we, we should totally goodnight? push the button. We should All say right, goodnight. Let's, let's get yeah, out when of here. we both run out of things to say. Shockingly. Yep. Must Shockingly. be a show. Gotta run. Bye. Toodles. You and I are kind of like Mulder and Scully in that you're paranoid and even when you're right, I look like the smart one. You and I are kind of like Counselor Troy and Riker in that I'm good at what I do and you are usually useless. See, I switched it up that time. In these stories we want to know, will they or won't they? But with us, I know the answer, we won't. In these stories we want to know, will they or won't they? But with us, I know the answer, we won't.